Welcome to the Ridiculous Hour. My name is Kat Silverglate, founder of the Mobile Mission Project at the Ridiculous Hour Foundation. I am in what is usually sunny South Florida, preparing this podcast in the middle of Hurricane Ian. It is barreling down and pressing on the southern part of the state. And our professional sound editor, Shannon Alderman, is in the northern part of the state, preparing for the storm to hit north. So if you are hearing this podcast and there is music, if you should know that Shannon had to do this in the middle of a storm and she made it happen and edited out all of my ums and uhs and made the words that the Lord has given us today come to life. So thank you, Shannon. And if you do not hear music and you hear all of my ums and ahs and you are hearing this in a raw format, please know that we are sending this just as it is to keep our commitment to stay on track, to introduce a spiritual practice, a mobile mission on the first day of every month. So if you are joining us for the first time in October of 2022, you're in such great company. You're joining individuals in 10 countries. We're actually uh, just introduced into Jamaica. So welcome Joseph in Jamaica, 10 countries, 45 states, and about 260 cities individuals who are receiving either a mobile mission pack physically in their mailbox or are receiving a digital pack in the inbox uh, of their email. So who are these people and a mobile mission? What? So, okay, let's start with the people. Most of us are people who are tired of responding to every bell, ding and whistle that demands our attention. We really just want to to press like a pause button and think more deeply about not just who we're responding to, but what we're responding to. For most of us, autopilot stopped working a long time ago. We knew that, but we don't know what to do when autopilot gets turned off. We don't want to be human reactors anymore. We want to be a people who make a choice to be first responders. We want to respond first to God in all that we do. And it takes a lot of practice. So that's what we do in this mission, in this podcast, in the talks that we do. We're all about rethinking responsiveness to God. So what's a mobile mission pack? And what does that have to do with all of this? Well, they are filled with wildly creative 30-day challenges that give us all practical ways to carve out rethinking space every day of a month. So if you get a physical pack in the mail, it comes with something called an equipping piece, and you can actually use that equipping piece to do this mission by yourself, or you can do it with people in your family, with with your friends, with a group. You can involve others, or you can do it on your own. And if you get a digital mission pack, you don't have an equipping piece. You can hear by listening to the podcast what the piece is, or read by reading the blog what the piece is, and you can figure out um, how to do an activity on your own that gives you the same lesson. So we think what's happening in this community is pretty darn amazing because it answers a question that all of us have deep down inside of us at some point in our lives, even if we wouldn't articulate it this way. And here's the question. What would our lives look like? Our families' lives, our neighborhoods, our cities, our towns, our ministries, our world. If we made 
responsiveness to God a core life value that invades everything we do at the ridiculous hour can you imagine that with us this month so here we grow again with mission number 34 called do not stack we want you to get a comfortable spot get quiet in your spirit see if you can press the pause button for just another 12 minutes of your life about 13 minutes of your life as we rethink how we're going to respond to god in october of 2022 okay are you ready all right here's our story our son our one and only son cameron loves coffee. He loves hot coffee. He loves cold coffee. He loves cold brewed coffee. He loves things that contain coffee, coffee pots, coffee presses. He loves the way coffee is ground, burr grinders with precision grind gradients and grind scales. He knows what a gooseneck pour over kettle is and he understands the difference between a cup and a mug and a demitasse and how the container that coffee is consumed out of affects the constitution of the coffee. He understands filters and frothers and frothing pitchers and tampers and he knows what you're talking about if you say flat white or cortadito or cortado. And he can tell you if you are a commuter that you absolutely need the right kind of commuting coffee mug to keep your coffee at the correct temperature. So all that to say that when Cameron came to us and he said during one of his college summers, I want to spend a part of this summer working on a coffee farm, it was not a, a big shock or surprise to either one of us. Here's where the zinger came, I think maybe especially for me. This coffee farm was not just in Peru, it was in the remote mountainous jungle of Peru. So I had been on the empty nest journey for a while at this point, not a long time, but a couple of years at this point. And I had learned a lot about myself and how I handled my adult son and the decisions that he was making and how I communicated fears and anxieties and honest questions that I had. So immediately the parade of horribles started to march around on the streets of the imagination of my mind. And immediately I went into this coping mode that I go into, which is, cat just ask a lot of honest questions and be excited with your son so i think the first question that i asked was wow that sounds really adventurous who's going with you and his response was very quick and short and it, and it was like nobody i'm going by myself <laughs> now i know that that my son knows the sound of my eyelids slamming shut and he knows the sound of that deep mama bear breath that I take and I'm pretty sure now that he can hear the silent prayers that I say in my head while I'm composing myself after he gives me an answer like that but here's the deal the reality about this circumstance is that he did not need our permission to go work on a coffee farm in Peru he had proven himself responsible time and time again he had great judgment he had been earning money he, he had enough money to go and do this himself and so I just continued in this rhythm with Cameron of trying to have understanding about and about what he was doing and be supportive and still cope with the fears and anxieties that were coming up inside of me. So we'd be in a conversation and I would slip in a question like, so do you know anyone who's worked on this particular coffee farm? And he would take his own uh, deep sun, deep breath. Uh, and he would say, you know, I don't but I've done a lot of research, mom, and I've spent time connecting with other people my age who have done things like this. And you know what? I feel really comfortable going. 
and I would get quiet, my eyelids would slam shut, I would take deep breaths, I would take, take, take my silent prayers inside, regroup, and this started a little rhythm inside of me with Cameron as, as the time drew near for him to make the decision about whether he was going to do this and, and then him actually doing it. And I wish I could tell you that the Parade of Horribles didn't march from the inside of my head down the platform of my tongue, stand on the diving board on the end and jump off in between us and, and leave little bits of tension. And They did. I think I said the words, have you thought about this? About a, a couple gazillion times and a couple gazillion times. He was so gracious in his response and he spent a lot of time uh, taking care of his parents as as this unfolded so he gave us his itinerary so we would know where he was so if something happened we could find him and he littered our chats with assurances anyway you get the picture so he 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 left us in the best shape that he could leave us in or me in uh, leading up to this trip so it came time for departure day my husband and I took him to the airport he had his backpack with all of his stuff in it we prayed a blessing over him outside and then the doors to terminal 3 slammed shut and right behind them my eyelids slammed shut my breath got really deep my my internal prayers began praying for my son and I will tell you that that moment, that emptiness no moment, if anyone has experienced it who is listening, you know that that is a hard moment no matter how good you are with, with where your kids are and where they're going. That was Disney World, dropping your kid off at Disney World compared to what I was, what I was experiencing this moment. This was hard. And it wasn't hard because I didn't trust him. It was hard because of the far awayness of it. It was hard because there was going to be difficulty in communicating with each other while he was gone. The cell signal wasn't going to be good all the time. There were going to be long stretches of time where we knew we weren't going to hear from him and we knew we weren't going to really know where he was. And if I really sat down and analyzed all of that and put it into one phrase, I would say it was hard because of all the things that were outside of my control. I wasn't in control. All right, so from the moment that he landed in Lima, I, um, I had lo this low level anxiety and I would spend a lot of time thinking about where is he and is he okay and I should wait for him to call, I shouldn't call him and check up on him and at some point <laughs> during all of that, I realized that Cameron was still on my Find My iPhone app and so the first time I realized, I pulled it out and I looked to see if I could see where he was and sure enough, if you have that app, you can see exactly where someone is and for some reason, seeing that dot somewhere in Lima made me feel calm. It made me feel peaceful. Like I could see where he was and everything went down. My anxiety went down. That was until the day that he got on the bus to take a 22-hour bus ride from Lima up into the mountainous jungle of Peru. 22 hours on a bus. So at the beginning of that journey up the mountain, I would, I would look at my phone. I would see that he was moving. I would say, I trust you, Lord. Thank you that I can see him. Thank you that he's okay. And then the dot on the screen would stop for me, sometimes a long time. And I would start, that parade would start in my head and I would think, I would start to think horrible things. And I would start, and I would, and I would snatch back my trust and I would start to fret and I would start to have anxiety. And then the dot would start to move. I'd let my breath out and I would say, okay, I trust you, Lord. Thank you for taking care of my son. I mean, it, it would just, it just went on and on and on and on. 
And it was, this is the way I kind of look at it in the rearview mirror. It was as if I was stacking up my trust like you stack up dirty dishes in the sink. You take this thing that you that you know needs to be um, clean and clear and you avoid it, even though it's, it's a good thing, and you stack it up and you say, I'll deal with you later. Right now I need to do this. God, I'll deal with you later. Right now I need to fret. I need to worry. I need to spin. I need to have anxiety. Somehow that made me feel better. I don't know. So I was stacking up my trust like you stack up dirty dishes in the sink. Eventually, I got really emotionally tired from all of this giving God trust and snatching it back and stacking it up like I'm stacking up dishes in the sink. And I plot, it was late at night, I plopped down in my chair in the living room, I'm staring at the app, and the dot does not move for a very long time. And in my head, I'm playing out kidnap scenarios, I'm playing out accident scenarios, the worst thing that could possibly happen is already happening and going on inside of my mind. And I'm finally so tired, I put my phone down and I say, God, okay, if you make that dot move just one more time, I will put this app away, I will go to bed, I will, I will give you all of my trust and you know what? Almost immediately, that dot started to move. And I, I did what I said. I turned off the app. I, I put my phone away. And there was something that happened in that moment, that promise that I gave to God and that decision to give him my trust, that knowing that looking at this app was not helping me in any way, that gave me a release and I had all these screenshots in my phone because every time the bus would stop I would take a screenshot and if you if you've read if you've uh, you're getting your mission pack in the mail you can actually see those those screenshots in the mission pack those are the actual screenshots from from when this was going on I realized at some point when I look back on this that Cameron was climbing his own mountain but I back in Florida was climbing a different kind of mountain with God I was climbing trust mountain and I was learning a lot about what it was like to be on the mountain of trust with God. I will tell you that um, last month when we spoke about Proverbs 3, 5 and this, and this phrase, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, that it comes back this month in a, in a little bit of a slightly different way. Because I think when God gives us that word all and, and as a command, there's a part of us that really relates to and understands it. because. When we give our lives to God, when we say, okay, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you all of my life. I'm going to let you Lord. I'm going to let you be king of, of my heart. I'm going to let you direct my path and I'm going to let you guide me. I'm going to trust you with my entire life. It's an all thing. And it's in, in one sense, it's a one and done thing. We have trusted God with all of our hearts, but there's an aspect to it that is not just one and done. It's, it's ongoing. We for our whole lives, we may have given ultimate trust to God, but we also walk with him day by day and we make a choice to put our trust in him circumstantially, circumstance by circumstance, issue by issue, dish by dish, you know, instead of piling up the dishes, we, 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 we let him clean them one at a time. We don't pile them up. So yes, in one sense, it's a one and done thing to trust the Lord with all your heart. But in another sense, in the sense that we're talking about today, and in the sense that we're going to play out our mission this month, it is a give until gone kind of thing. You're going to give your trust to God until the urge to take it back is gone, or you're going to give your trust to God in this next 30 days 
until you're gone, <laughs> until you're standing face to face with the Lord, because this is a spiritual practice we practice all of our lives. And so we give our trust to God until the urge is gone to take it back or until we're gone and we're standing face to face with the one that we have trusted with our lives and that we are trusting with our lives. So here's our mission this month. If you have your mission pack, go ahead and take it out, shake out the contents. You have two equipping pieces in your mission pack this month. The first one is a big blue sticker. Some of you have an orange sticker, but most of you have a big blue sticker and it says, do not stack. Then you have a long string of stickers. There's five strings on that sticker and each of those stickers say, give until gone. Okay, this is what we're gonna do in October. It's October 1st. We're gonna start today with that big blue sticker, do not stack. We are gonna take that sticker and we are going to put that in a place where we cannot ignore it. For some of us, that's in the car. For some of us, it's where it's in our Bible. For some of us, that's where we brush our teeth. For some of us, it's, it's uh, in the kitchens. It's a different place for all of us, but we're gonna put it in a place where we can lay eyes on it every day, okay? And when we look at that, we're gonna say, Lord, help me notice when I'm stacking. Help me notice when I have taken back my trust. I have given into that urge and I have taken it back and I am stacking up my trust like dirty dishes that I will get to later. I don't want to get to this later. I want to give you my trust right now. Use it as a reminder to help him help you see when you stack because we all stack. That's why this is a great spiritual practice and we all have to notice when we're stacking before we can stop stacking. Okay, so now day by day this is what we're going to do. On that long sheet of stickers it says give until gone. There's five weeks in October. You have one sticker for every week for every week of the month. At some point during the week, for most of us, we are gonna realize that we took our trust back and we are gonna say, no Lord, I'm gonna give you my trust until this urge is gone and I'm gonna keep doing it. So use that sticker to remind you to give it back to God, maybe to put it in your journal, to put it in a place where you can write down what's happening and how you gave your trust back to God when you were tempted to stack it. Um, you can do whatever you want with those stickers, but you get the idea. This is something that you can tangibly go to when it's happening and lay it down and write out your commitment to God. Nope, not, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you my trust until the urge is gone or until I'm gone and I'm facing you face to face. Some of you are new to the Ridiculous Hour. Some of you are here because you attended uh, a ridiculous talk in Virginia that happened in September at the East Coast Ministry Conference. Welcome to our new friends here. You came home with a stack of things that God is asking you to trust Him with. He's asking you to move forward in your mission. This is a great spiritual practice to do for the next 30 days so you can continue to walk out what God started in that amazing weekend that we all spent together. All right, so let's end let's end this podcast the way we end most of our podcasts. If if you are new to all of this and you do not know where to start with God, don't you worry. He is never going to stop knocking. The question for each and every one of us, the question for me, the question for you, the question for everyone participating this month is simple. Will we respond? That's the mission to inspire lives to be ridiculously responsive to the promptings of God. Amen? Amen.